Sunday, November the 13th. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. So we're coming to the end of our time in Psalm 23, and we've been thinking about how it is a detox for our soul, how it is, uh, there we go, can you see it again? Uh, how we need to have the refreshing of God the Father, our shepherd, and how that detoxes our soul. We've thought a lot about how hard the world is, and today we will think about that also. We've thought about how COVID has caused our resilience uh, and our buckets of energy to feel low. We've thought about the challenges that COVID brought and, and how the present day can drain us in so many ways. And then we've thought about the promises of God that we find in this passage. So many beautiful promises that we have been bringing to life and saying, I don't want to be broken by the world. I want to have God restore my soul. And uh, I've really enjoyed just allowing God to meet me as we've shared uh, Psalm 23. I might be on my own, but I don't think so, because lots of you have said this has been a refreshing time uh, of allowing God to speak. And so we're coming to the uh, final part of this passage. And today we're going to think about something that not many of us love to do all the time. It's facing the future. Now, I know some of you are planners, Katie Foe. I know some of you already have your holidays planned for next October, Katie Foe. And that's great. But actually, a lot of us, she's already started wrapping her Christmas presents as well, but we won't go there. Uh, some of us find thinking about the future, even tomorrow, quite challenging. And one of the things that COVID uh, challenged us from was making plans. I went from having a very full diary full of lots of wonderful things and a few challenging things to literally nothing in it overnight. And for somebody like me, that was terrifying For my children, who had loads of wonderful things in, overnight that was taken away. It was terrifying. And then to be told I was allowed to only go out for one hour a day with a seven-year-old boy stuck at home for the rest of the time. Believe me, that was terrifying. Terrifying. Fear of the future and facing the future has been one of the things that COVID has really challenged us about. And I don't know about you, maybe this is just me. But I'm still finding putting things in the diary in three months' time quite challenging because I still go, I wonder if that's going to happen. I wonder if that's going to happen. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a planner, a little bit, not as bad as Katie, but I like to have a plan. I like to have a full diary and know what I'm doing. And I'm still finding myself going, I'll put that in January, but it might not happen. Because of going through the last few years where so many things had to be cancelled, changed, adapted, uh, and so many things are still feeling challenging about the future. 
Before I uh, talk a little bit more about that, though, let's look at the verse. Uh, In James' uh, paraphrase, The Passion, uh, it said, I will face the future with joy or something, or without fear. Uh, In the NIV, it says, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. That is an amazing promise as we think about the future. That is a amazing promise as we come to the end of this psalm. So pause for a moment. How does the future feel for you? In the light of COVID, as I just said, I struggle more with the future, with planning and trusting that the future is comfortable, full of opportunities and fun. In the light of the rising cost of living, the future can feel uncertain as I work out how to feed my family well or plan for things next year or decide whether to use the car for that journey or make everybody walk. In the light of the war in Ukraine, as we've already reflected today, the government upheaval of recent times, I struggle to feel like my future is controllable in any way, planned or safe. Is my life the whim of others who are making decisions on my behalf, such as political leaders I will never meet or never voted for or nations where I have no control over how they're governed? I could go on, but perhaps Remembrance Day again is a reminder for each of us that life is fragile, that peace is fragile. And that actually the world that we live in is broken in so many ways. But the world isn't any different in so many ways as the world that David was living in. We've reflected, haven't we, over the last few months of of the life he lived. You know, he started life having to fight lions and bears and then Goliath. He ran for his life so many times from Saul, and then he became king, uh, which was promised to him. But after a long period of waiting, and even becoming king, apparently, is quite challenging. There were all kinds of challenges he faced, including himself making terrible decisions. His world was broken also. And yet, he writes this, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hold that promise throughout today as we continue to explore it. So for a moment, let's just pause. Let's be honest with God. I'm not going to ask you to share this with anyone else. But how do you feel about the future at the moment? Is it exciting? Joy bringing? Or is there a different emotion that comes to mind as you start thinking about it? It's a big question. And I'm going to give you a minute of silence to think about it.
The introverts in here are going, was that a minute? That went so quick. The extroverts are like, a few, it's done. Claire's made us be quiet for three minutes this morning already. There are three promises that we're going to look at this morning from this passage. And there are three clear promises. Surely goodness and love will be with us. That's the first promise. God promises goodness and love in our lives. The second promise is it's not just for today. It's all the days of our life. Our tomorrows are included in that. Our next years are included in that. All the days of your life. And then the third promise that we're going to look at is that God will be with us and we will be with God forever. Forever. God's home is your home. And these three promises, I'm hoping today, will bring some hope. I'm hoping also that they will banish some fear. Because as I started thinking of that question, some fear began to creep in. And we've looked over the last few months, haven't we, about how fear is certainly not from God. And actually, we need to live in trust rather than fear. So let's look at the first promise together. God's goodness and love will follow me. Psalm 23, the first bit of verse 6. I can be confident about the future because God's goodness will follow me. God is good. And because of that, I can expect good things. I wonder if when you were starting thinking of that question, your mind went to the good things about the future. Some of us probably did. Others of us may not have. I'm not saying that all things will be easy or all things will be fine or even that all things will be good. But God is good and God is there and God promises good things. And sometimes the only good thing in life is that God is good and we can be with him and that we can be restored by him. Sometimes the only thing that feels good in life is the time when we sit with God and we weep and we say, God, I don't understand, or this is hard, and God ministers to us. Sometimes it feels like that's the only good thing, but that's still good, because God is good. We don't always believe that to be true, though, and that's what David is saying here. He's saying, goodness will follow you all of the days of your life. In every situation, God's goodness will be with you. He wrote another psalm, and I love this in the message. God sticks by all who love him. Or the NIV, which you probably are more familiar, says, The Lord watches over all who love him. You see, life can be good because God is with us. Life can feel different because God is with us. And then you know this passage really, really well. It says in Romans chapter 8, for I am convinced that I've put nothing here because I couldn't put everything on my screen, but listen to it. Neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in in creation will be able to separate you from the love of God doesn't matter what our circumstances are today or tomorrow. We can know the goodness of God and we can know the love of God because nothing can separate me from the love of God. 
What does it say here? Paul's writing in a world of political upheaval. He's writing in a world of religious upheaval. He is writing in a place where actually would be very familiar to some of us today, where he is fearing for his life, that he's probably unwell. And he says, nothing will be able to separate me from God's love. That is good news, everybody. It's an amazing promise that we have. So pause for a moment again. What is God saying to me about the promise that his love and goodness is always with me? Some of us, our brains will be going, I don't see it, I don't see it. Just quieten your mind and allow God to speak to you of his love for you. Just quieten your mind and allow God to speak of his goodness to you in this moment. Let's pause. What is God saying to you about this promise? You might want to write it down so you remember tomorrow. Father God, speak to each of us. Help us understand how much you love us. It's an amazing truth that we live by, that nothing, nothing can separate us from your love. And Lord, I know that in my head, but I ask for each of us that you help us feel it in our hearts. That it won't just be something we know, but it's something that we feel something that we experience. And for the times when we don't feel it, may our brains remind us that we are loved, chosen, and that you are good all the time. Amen. Second promise is all the days of my life. As Jesus was leaving uh, his disciples to go to heaven, and he said, be sure of this, be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. It's very similar to that verse in Psalm 23 that says, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. It doesn't say it might. It doesn't say if it's a good day. It doesn't say anything like that. It says, surely, this is certain. You can know for sure with all certainty that your life is safe in my hands because I am with you to the end of the age. How do you feel about that promise? How do you feel about that promise? God is going to be with you today, but tomorrow as well, and the day after. And again, I find my head going, yes, I know that's true, but do I know it? Do I know it? So that when I'm thinking of what I'm worrying about tomorrow, I've got a busy day tomorrow, how am I going to get through that? Oh, when am I going to cook tea? And da, 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 da. Do I allow the fact that God is with me to, to really shape that thought that I'm worrying about? Or do I just let the circumstances of the day and get to the end of the day and think, oh, I think God was with me. When we look at a day or a worry or a concern or a circumstance, but no, God is already in it. It changes how we face that circumstance. God was with you yesterday, 
We can remember his faithfulness. God is here for you today and we can stand in his faithfulness. And God is with you to the end of the age. And you can face the future knowing that is true. And God is good and God is love. So he is enough to help us through even the darkest of valleys. The God of heaven and earth is with you and for you. What a promise. So another pause. What is God saying to you about that promise, that he's always with you? I'm asking God right now as we pause, that you remind us of where you've been in our past, that you bring to mind moments where you were faithful and we knew your presence. I'm asking that you, Lord Jesus, help us know this truth for the future too. What is God saying to you about the promise that he's always with you? Maybe you want to write it down again. Go another 30 seconds. And our final promise, God's home is your home. Imagine with me for a moment, you've been away, perhaps on a work trip, and it's a nice enough hotel, you've eaten nice enough food, you've had a nice enough time, but you've been away for a month from your own house. And you're a bit tired from the endless meetings or the people or the food even. You can get tired of really good breakfasts eventually. And then you get home and you walk through the door and you've had a long journey back and you spot your bed and you get in it and you cuddle down and it's your bed and there's no time to get up for breakfast. You don't have to be there at half seven for a a, a buffet breakfast and you crawl into bed. How does that moment feel? I can see some smiles for the first time this morning. It's safe. It's comfortable. It's home. It's that moment where you're like, yeah, this is what I needed. I've had a lovely good enough time away. It was a great adventure, but it wasn't home. It wasn't the place where I can be me. It wasn't the place where perhaps my needs are met, where I can just lay my burdens down or wear my pajamas at half past six in the evening. It wasn't that place. It's amazing to just catch a little glimpse of that moment in your head. But the Bible talks about us coming home to the house of the Lord. And do you know what? Our own beds are going to be just a small glimpse of what that's going to be like. Going to be a small glimpse of what that's going to be like. You see, in heaven, it's a place where there will be no discouragement, no pressure, no disappointment, no hurt, no ill health. You're not going to feel worn out. The political situation will be stable because God is king and only God. It's going to be the Garden of Eden in all of its beauty. The new heaven, the new earth. You're going to like the food. It's home.
we can be confident in the future because heaven is waiting for all of us. Heaven is waiting for all of us. John chapter 14, uh, as Jesus is preparing for his death, he says, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. What a promise. What a promise. The God who is good, the God who loves you, the God who walks with you every day of this living life says your future is secure because I've already prepared a place for you. And it's got a great bed that's really comfy and great food. And I'm going to be with you in all of my glory. I'm going to tell you a story uh, about a missionary called Samuel Morrison. And uh, he had been serving in Africa for 25 years. And he was traveling back to America as he was retiring. And he happened to be on the same ocean liner as the president, Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, so they were traveling back from uh, a hunting expedition. They'd been there for a couple of months. Uh, and Samuel Morrison had been there for 25 years serving as a missionary. And they happened to be on the same boat. And so when the great ship entered New York Harbor, the harbor was full. It was jammed with what seemed like the entire population of New York City. And they were coming to welcome the president home after a successful hunting trip. There were bands playing and banners were being waved and choirs of children and balloons. You can imagine it. As Mr. Roosevelt stepped down the gangplank, there was a thunderous applause. The crowd were pressing in uh, and everyone was there wanting to greet him. At the same time, Samuel Morrison quietly walked off the boat. No one was there to greet him. He slipped through the crowd unnoticed. Because of the crowd of people to see the president, he couldn't even get a cab to get home in any way. As he wandered through the streets trying to get home, he found his heart beginning to complain. don't know why. Lord, the president has been in Africa for three weeks killing animals, and look what he gets. The whole world turns out to welcome him. I have given 25 years serving you in this place, and not one person came to greet me, or even knows I'm here. His memoirs write, in the quietness of his heart, he heard a gentle and loving voice that said, my dear child, you're not home yet, just wait. What a story, a moment where he heard, this isn't your home. In this world, there will be trouble. How many times have we used that verse over the last few months? But I am with you, even to the end of the age. And there's the promise that one day we'll be with him forever, for eternity. Your life is safe in his hands today and always will be. So our final pause, can I glimpse heaven? Do I trust that God has got a place already for me? Let's pause and allow God again just to fill our minds with his thoughts.
And so there we have it, Psalm 23. We end with a confidence for the future in a world that makes the future sometimes feel fearful. These promises are so good as we enter the next season of our lives. Know that the goodness and love of God will follow you all the days of your life and that he has prepared a home for you, a place for you forever. This short psalm has been uh, so full of all these kind of promises, a real detox, a life-bringing revolution for our soul. Let's not leave it behind with this talk series, but perhaps go back and listen and allow God to minister. The shepherd is with us. He's with you and he's for you and your life is safe in his hands for all eternity. We're going to continue to uh, reflect a little bit more on that through communion which is God's table set for each of us, a sign of his love, a sign of his joy, of his invitation to be part of his family. But let's stand together first and sing a song which reminds us of God's beautiful name. And as we sing this, let's prepare ourselves for sharing communion together.